Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Psalm 119-105, New Living Translation. Hello, I'm Tiffany with Shining Light Ministries. And with so many things in and of this world influencing our little ones, the truth is needed. That truth is Jesus Christ. Jesus tells us not to stop the children from coming to him. Matthew 19 and 14. In other words, children need the word too. SLM Kids, the lantern goes beyond most Bible lessons designed for kids. We focus on teaching popular Bible stories and much more from the actual Bible. Children learn to navigate the Bible and get the fullness of the stories they know and love. Don't worry parents, your beings are very capable of understanding the Bible just like you and I. They do this with the biggest helper there is, the Holy Spirit. So get somewhere cozy, open your Bibles, and get ready to shine bright with your little and junior beams. Hey there, little beams and junior beams. This is Tiffany with SLM Kids, The Lantern. I'm so excited to be back with you all today to continue the story of Elijah and Alicia. Remember, we are learning what the Bible has to say about Elijah and Alicia's story. So parents, that means you may want to read ahead to guide your beams learning to what fits your family best. Well, beams, it's time to get started. But first, let's invite our biggest helper in. Now, beams, can you tell me who our biggest helper is? That's right, way to shine bright. The Holy Spirit is our biggest helper ever. That means whenever we're in trouble, feeling down, need help understanding, or just feeling plain joyful, we can cry, Holy Spirit, I need your help. Isn't that great? Let's try it now. Ready? One, two, three. Holy Spirit, we need your help. That was awesome, Beams. Let's pray. Hello, Holy Spirit. We welcome you in our hearts today. And we welcome you to help us in the lantern today. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, let's begin. Open your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 20, where we will continue Elijah's story and learn about the messenger. About that time, King Benadad of Aram mobilized his army, supported by the chariots and horses of 32 allied kings. They went to besiege Samaria, the capital of Israel, and launched attacks against it. Benadad sent messengers into the city to relay this message to King Ahab of Israel. This is what Ben-Adad says. Your silver and gold are mine, and so are your wives and the best of your children. All right, my lord the king, Israel's king replied. All that I have is yours. Soon, Benadad's messengers returned again and said, This is what Benadad says. I have already demanded that you give me your silver, gold, wives, and children. 
But about this time tomorrow, I will send my officials to search your palace and the homes of your people. They will take away everything you consider valuable. Then Ahab summoned all the elders of the land and said to them, Look how this man is stirring up trouble. I already agreed with his demand that I give my, him my wives and children and silver and gold. Don't give in to any more demands, all the elders and the people advised. So Ahab told the messengers from Benadad, Say this to my lord the king. I will give you everything you asked for the first time, but I cannot accept this last demand of yours. So the messengers returned to Benadad with that response. Then Benadad sent this message to Ahab. May the gods strike me and even kill me if there remains enough dust from Samaria to provide even a handful for each of my soldiers. The king of Israel sent back this answer. A warrior putting on his sword for battle should not boast like a warrior who has already won. Ahab's reply reached Benadad and the other kings as they were drinking in their tents. Prepare to attack, Benadad commanded his officers. So they prepared to attack the city. Then a certain prophet came to see King Ahab of Israel and told him, This is what the Lord says. Do you see all these enemy forces? Today I will hand them over to you. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Ahab asked, How will he do it? And the prophet replied, This is what the Lord says. The troops of the provincial commanders will do it. Should we attack first? Ahab asked. Yes, the prophet answered. So Ahab mustered the troops of the 232 provincial commanders. Then he called out the rest of the army of Israel, some 7,000 men. About noontime, as Benadad and the 32 allied kings were still in their tents, drinking themselves into a stupor, the troops of the provincial commanders marched out of the city at, as the first contingent. As they approached, Benadad's scouts reported to him, Some troops are coming from Samaria. Take them alive, Benadad commanded, whether they have come for peace or war. But Ahab's provincial commanders and the entire army had now come out to fight. Each Israelite soldier killed his Armenian opponent, and suddenly the entire Armenian army panicked and fled. The Israelites chased them, but King Benadad and a few of his army, a few of his, a few of his charioteers, escaped on horses. However, the king of Israel destroyed the other horses and chariots and slaughtered the Arameans. Afterward, the prophet said to King Ahab, get ready for another attack. Begin marking plans now for the king of Aram will come back next spring. After their defeat, Benadad's officer said to him, the Israelite gods are gods of the hills. That is why they won. But we can beat them easily on the plains. Only this time. Replace the kings with field commanders. Recruit another army like the one you lost. Give us the same number of horses, chariots, and men. And we will fight against them on the plains. There's no doubt that we will beat them. 
So King Minadet did as they suggested. The following spring, he came up the Aramean army and marched out against Israel, this time at Aphek. Israel then mustered its army, set up supply lines, and marched out for battle. But the Israelite army looked like two little flocks of goats in comparison to the vast Aramean forces that filled the countryside. Then the man of God went to the king of Israel and said, This is what the Lord says. The Arameans have said, The Lord is a God of the hills and not of the plains, so I will defeat this vast army for you. Then you will know that I am the Lord. The two armies camped opposite each other for seven days, and on the seventh day, the battle began. The Israelites killed 100,000 Aramean foot soldiers in one day. The rest fled into the town of Aphek, but the wall fell on them and killed another 27,000. Benadad fled into the town and hid in a secret room. Benadad's officers said to him, Sir, we have heard that the kings of Israel are merciful, so let's humble ourselves by wearing burlap around our waists and putting ropes on our heads and surrender to the king of Israel. Then perhaps he will let you live. So they put on the burlap and ropes and they went to the king of Israel and begged. Your servant Benadad says, please let me live. The king of Israel responded, is he still alive? He is my brother. The men took this as a good sign and quickly picked up on his words. Yes, they said, your brother Benadad. Go and get him, the king of Israel told them. And when Benadad arrived, Ahab invited him up into his chariot. Benadad told him, I will give you back the towns my father took from your father, and you may establish places of trade in Damascus, as my father did in Samaria. Then Ahab said, I will release you under these conditions. So they made a new treaty, and Benadad was set free. Meanwhile, the Lord instructed one of the group of prophets to say to another man, Hit me! But the man refused to hit the prophet. Then the prophet told him, Because you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord, a lion will kill you as soon as you leave me. And when he had gone, a lion did attack and kill him. Then the prophet turned to another man and said, Hit me! So he struck the prophet and wounded him. The prophet placed a bandage over his eyes to disguise himself and then waited beside the road for the king. As the king passed by, the prophet called out to him, Sir, I was in the thick of battle and suddenly a man brought me a prisoner, he said. Guard this man. If for any reason he gets away, you will either die or pay a fine of 75 pounds of silver. But while I was busy doing something else, the prisoner disappeared. Well, it is your own fault, the king replied. You have brought the judgment on yourself. Then the prophet quickly pulled the bandit from his eyes, and the king of Israel recognized him as one of the prophets. The prophet said to him, this is what the Lord says, because you have spared the man. I must, said, must be destroyed. Now you must die in his place, and your people will die instead of his people. So the king of Israel went home to Samaria, angry and 
sullen. And that, little beans, is was First Kings chapter 20. I read this parents from the New Living Translation. Guess what, beans? You have completed another chapter of the Bible. Way to go, little beams and junior beams. But now it's time to shine bright. That means I'm going to ask some questions and you're going to shine bright on the answers. Ready? Let's go. Okay, pay close attention. How many forces allied with King Benadad against Ahab. That's right, way to shine bright. 32 allied kings went against Ahab. Now, what is the first message King Benadad gave to King Ahab? Oh, you guys are shining so bright. That's absolutely right. His demand was for Ahab's silver, gold, wives, and even children. Now, what is the second message King Benadad gave to King Ahab? Oh, you're doing so good. You guys are so smart. He planned to take all that the citizens, he planned to take all the citizens and all that King Ahab had. Now, here's the next one. Did King Ahab accept King Benadad's demands the first time? Way to go, Beans! You are shining so bright! Yes, he absolutely did! Now, how about the second time? Did King Ahab accept Benadad's demands the second time? That's right! He did not accept his demands the second time. Okay, now let's focus bright on this one. How did King Benadad respond to King Ahab's last response? Way to go, Beams! You are shining so bright. I've got to find those sunglasses. My goodness. He responded by declaring his attack on Samaria. Okay, here we go, Beams. I know you've got this one. What was the result of King Ahab's first attack? Did Ahab win or lose? That is absolutely right, you guys. King Ahab was victorious over King Benadad. Guess what, Beans? It's time to ignite our lanterns, okay? So let's lift our lanterns up really close to this question and let's focus really hard on the answer. You ready? Let's go. Now, why did the Aramean army underestimate the Israelite army in the second attack? 
Way to go, Beans! Way to go! You're absolutely right! The Israelites were expert fighters in the hills. However, not so much in the plains or the valleys, as they did not use chariots. So King Benadad's officers thought, hey, we could beat them there. Great job, Beans. Way to go. Okay, here's our next one. What was the result of that second battle? Did King Benadad win or lose against King Ahab? Oh my, you did it again! Way to shine bright, Beans! That's absolutely right! King Benadad was defeated still by King Ahab. Way to go, Beans! You're doing great! We're almost there! Now, what did King Benadad and his officers do to survive after their defeat? That's correct. They fled, they hid, and they put on burlap and rope. Then they asked King Ahab for mercy. Now, since your lanterns are already ignited, let's lift them up to this last question, okay? What problems may occur by sparing the wicked king? All right. What problems may occur by sparing the wicked king. That's absolutely correct, Beams. Way to keep those lanterns ignited by not getting to the root of the problem. You leave room for it to sprout again. In other words, King Benadad might plan another attack later on, right? Now, here's a bonus question. What does it show us about following instructions? That's great, Little Beams and Junior Beams. It shows us that we have to follow instructions because when we don't, we may cause a problem for someone else to have to deal with later. Well, Beans, you all did fantastic today. I tell you, I've got to keep those sunglasses around because you guys are shining brighter and brighter every time we fellowship with one another. But now it's time to come to a close, okay? But the fun doesn't stop here. You'll have to tune in next time to continue our story of Elijah and Alicia. Before we go, Beans, here are some ways you can keep in touch. You can like us on Facebook at SLM Kids The Lantern. You can also follow us on Instagram at SLM Kids The Lantern. And then there on Instagram, you can get the bonus activities. Guess what, Beams? You can also listen in the car while on that car ride on podcasts. Yes, you can tune in to SLM Kids The Lantern on Spotify, Anchor, 
Google Podcasts, coming soon to Apple and other podcast platforms. Well, these, that concludes the story of Elijah for today and SLM Kids, The Lantern. But don't worry, our story continues, so tune back in for that. And remember, it only takes a little light to shine bright against the darkness.